Hey, good morning and uh, welcome as we share together in worship. I'm Pastor Rafe Vigil, and uh, we're sharing together in worship here in uh, Southwest Ranches, uh, part of uh, Broward County, um, part of the county that's really making national news these days, aren't we, over this whole uh, mask thing. But uh, as we go forward through our um, season of COVID and dealing with that and all that's going on in the world around us and everything spinning and going and of course our lives and all the decisions that we have to make and all the things that we have to do and places we have to be and we can take a pause take a pause and come to God and come in worship to offer ourselves up to God to offer God the the praises and the honor that God is deserving of from our hearts so let's come together this day and uh, and worship God in spirit and in truth and of course with some wonderful song let's sing together
may be seated. I'm Pastor Lisa. I'd like to welcome you this morning as we bow our heads and our hearts and prepare to worship our Lord. God of glory, we gather to worship you. We praise you for your presence in our lives and for all the goodness that you shower upon us in Jesus Christ. Especially, we praise and thank you for promises kept and hope for tomorrow the enjoyment of friends, the joy of families, the wonders of your creation, those who have gone before us, love from our parents, sisters, and brothers, love from our spouse and children, our faith, and the church, and your promise of peace. God of grace, remind us that we are all your children. We are brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. We offer our prayers for those whom you love, Especially we pray for those we can often forget, people who have lost hope, those who mourn, those who suffer because of war, those who are lonely or sick, those who go hungry, those who feel desperate and alone. God, our guardian, come now to us with your strength to renew our flagging spirits. Be our protector and help in our time of need. Help us to look into the future with confidence and assurance, knowing that we are in your hands. God, the great giver, thank you for your daily blessings. We bless your name for the countless gifts lavished upon us as a parent dotes upon a child. We are unworthy and humbled, and we are filled with gratitude. Hear us now as we pray as Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever.
So we get to share, you're probably wondering why I have scarves and mittens and hats all up here on the altar, right? Um, because it's really chilly here in South Florida. Average 98 degrees, right? <laughs> um, we have the, the great pleasure this morning of blessing these um, as we send them forth to Redbird Mission in Kentucky, where it is, in fact, already getting chilly. So if you will um, take a moment to really consider who they're going to, and we're going we're gonna to pray for those people who are going to receive these. Lord, you have provided us with our daily needs, shelter to keep us dry and safe, a warm bed to rest in, and plenty of food to eat. May we be reminded of others who battled the cold this time of year, those who need love and warmth and compassion and help. Allow these mittens and scarves and gloves to bathe those who receive them in warmth, not just physically, but spiritually. Warm their hearts, Lord. Let them know that they are loved and cared for. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Yeah, I know how it goes here in uh, South Florida. We uh, actually uh, think that somebody somewhere else gets cold weather, you know, because uh, let's see, yesterday our feels like temperature was pushing towards 100 uh, down here. Um, but, uh, you know, we are comforted and we are cared for by our, our God. And um, there are always people that seems like that need that comfort and that care of God around our globe. And uh, today we are continuing to take up a special offering for those who need comfort and care in our community in, in Haiti. Um, we have a strong Haitian culture and community here in South Florida, and uh, it's a blessing to us to, uh, to share in, in that. Um, and uh, we want to share with our brothers and sisters who are struggling in Haiti. There was an earthquake uh, just a, a week ago, and our uh, United Methodist response is uh, already gearing up and working, and we've been asked across our state uh, and probably across our nation as a United Methodist together to collect a special offering. So I want to invite you to, uh, to do that, to give a special offering. Um, here on site, there are always baskets and places where you can give your offering, um, their, your general church offering and special offerings like this. Of course, please use the online options to uh, go and give online. And however you give your gift, if you just mark it in the notation area uh, online or on your check or however, um, mark it Haiti. Um, we'll make sure that it all goes to the, uh, to the right place. Our brothers and sisters in Haiti are are severely struggling during this time, um, and uh, we've seen them have an earthquake before that was devastating, and this one was is equally as so, if not more. And so we want to respond with love and care and compassion uh, and empathy and, and share with our, our brothers and sisters there. So I pray that you'll take that opportunity to, uh, to give and to share those, uh, those blessings with our brothers and sisters in the Haitian community. Let's uh, turn our hearts towards uh, God's message today, and uh, the message comes to us from the Gospel of John, chapter 6. Um, as this uh, passage begins and starts out, it, it sounds kind of awkward, it sounds kind of, kind of rough language, but understand we're jumping into the middle of a conversation that Jesus is having about, what, about everlasting life and, and that, um, that spiritual food that God offers us. So here we are in John chapter 6, we're beginning at verse 56. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Ew, right? <laughs> That's how this starts. Ew, oh, but there is so much more. As the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me lives because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. It isn't like the bread that your ancestors ate and then they died. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Many of his disciples who heard this said, This message is harsh. Who can hear it? Jesus knew that the disciples were grumbling about this, and he said to them, does this offend you? Does this offend you? What if you were to see the human one 
going up where he was before. The Spirit. The Spirit is the one who gives life. And the flesh doesn't help at all. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Yet some of you don't believe. Jesus knew this from the beginning. Who wouldn't believe and the one who would betray him. And so Jesus said, for this reason I said to you, that none can come to me unless the Father enables them to do so. At this, many of his disciples turned away and no longer accompanied him. Jesus turned and asked the twelve, Do you also want to leave? And Simon Peter, Simon Peter answered, Lord, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you, you are God's holy one. Amen. Amen. Most gracious God, help us this day to feed on the true bread of life that we may know the spirit and the truth of your giving to us in Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Well, the language in this certainly sounds kind of difficult, and how do you follow all of this? And here's the bottom line that I came with. It says, why does following Jesus have to be so hard? Why, you know, we struggle to understand it, we struggle to get it, the requirements seem to be well up there, the standard is set so high. Why does the following scripture, following Jesus, have to be so daggum hard? Do you know that the early Christians, they actually, some of the scriptures that we have, say that they had to actually put on PPEs in order to follow Jesus. You know, in, uh, in Ephesians 6, you know, put on the full armor of God. You need personal protection equipment to follow Jesus because it was going to be hard. You're going to have to put on the helmet of truth and the breastplate and the, the belt of faith and all the shoes and all that, all that kind of stuff. You know, you've got to put all that on because you're going to be attacked. And you're going to be pushed back on. The, the culture's not going to agree with you. You're going to push back. It's going to be difficult to follow Jesus, and you've got to put on this whole armor of God. Why does it have to be so hard? Why does following Jesus have to so often be countercultural? You know, this whole being this revolutionary kind of love that turns the world upside down? You know, love your enemy? You know, that's kind of hard. L love and be nice to the people who attack you and hurt you? Gosh, does it have to be so difficult? The work of following Jesus is long and hard, particularly to be connected to the body of Christ. And you follow Jesus, and you follow Jesus, and you keep going, and there's no retirement plan. You don't ever get to stop. There's just constant, always serving, and serving, and serving, and serving. I mean... You've probably known, or maybe this has happened to you, people who followed Jesus for a season. You know, like the ones in the story, they began to, they followed him for a little while. Jesus fed them five, you know, 5,000, you know, bread and on the side of the mountain, and he gave them bread and fish and all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, he had crowds following him. But when it started getting hard, we have this part of the story where people start to leave him. And maybe you've known or someone or experienced yourself just kind of following Jesus for a season. Right. I mean, I've known a number of folks that like all of a sudden they wake up one day and go, "Ooh, we have kids. They might need to be taught some ethics or morality. Let's take them to church. You know, we take them to church and the parents who brought them to church are like, OK, well, we did that. We'll move on to the next thing, because, you know, really getting into following the Jesus for a lifetime. That's kind of hard. That's kind of difficult. Or maybe you know, or maybe you've experienced yourself, 
someone who, you know, hit a crisis in life. And they, they turn to the, the Christian community and the, the followers of Christ and follow Christ himself during that crisis. And they find that comfort. They find that, that healing balm that God can bring and God's community can bring. And then they get beyond that crisis and, okay, it's time to move on to the next thing. We're good. I got this from here on out because all that other stuff is just too much and too hard. There's too much conflict. There's too much happening. Why does following Jesus have to be so hard? And here's the thing, and sometimes when it gets hard, you know, we just move on. People have been leaving Jesus since day one. In fact, this part of the story is long before Jesus even goes to the cross. We haven't even seen the sacrifice yet and the call in our lives to be sacrificial servants, and people are already leaving Jesus. They're already not following. Hey, got my bread and fish on the side of the mountain. Felt good. Followed for a little while. Teaching got a little hard. And so we're on our way. We'll come for a while. We'll be a part of it for, for a season. And then we'll move on. Jesus is just another commodity we consume to make us feel good and feel better, feel moral, feel ethical. And then we'll go on when it gets difficult. You know, um, I have a, my, my youngest son loves sports. And when he was little, we did every little league you could possibly think of. If, you, if there was a sport team for it, he had to sign up for it, and he had to keep moving through all of the seasons. And sometimes they would overlap, and we'd be playing flag football at the same time basketball would be starting, and basketball wasn't over, and the baseball season would start, and then there was soccer, and there was this and that. He ended up playing golf also, and ultimate frisbee, and da-da-da. And, you know, he... He went through all of that, but when he got to high school and the baseball coach for the high school called and said, hey, this is what high school baseball looks like. We want you on the team. After the phone call, he said, well, that sounds like way too much work. Playing every day in the summer in Florida for hours at a time. You know, and so he moved on to the next sport. And, you know, that's kind of, that's fine for, you know, little league Sports stuff, but leaving when things get hard and following Jesus, it is hard. It is hard. It gets too hard, particularly when you hear words like this that say, this is the bread of life and eat this, drink this, this spiritual thing, and you'll find that life. It was Jesus teaching in the synagogues. It's hard for the Jewish folks that are there to get their heads around this and to understand it. In fact, it's hard for us to understand. It's hard to understand all these teachings of Jesus. These teachings of Jesus that just keep ratcheting up how difficult it's going to be and it's hard to follow. Jesus says, follow me. Follow me and I'll make you go out and, and be fishers of, of people. You'll catch people and you'll bring people in and they'll come to know me and you'll teach them. That's what following me is going to be about. You're going to have this job. Follow me and we'll go touch the outcasts in the world and touch them and bring them healing. Follow me and, uh, and we'll go feed the hungry. Follow me, Jesus says, and we'll just keep going and doing all of these things. Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who, who've hurt you. Wish a blessing from God on those who have hurt you badly. This is starting to get really difficult, Jesus. Wives, submit to your husbands, the scripture says. Husbands, love your wives like Jesus did with this sacrificial, lay-it-all-down kind of love and treat them with honor and respect. The scriptures all say that. Jesus talks about that. Humble attitude. Have a humble attitude. That attitude of, of submitting and giving yourself over to something else. Do not retaliate. Someone hurts you, it's not evil for evil. It's not violence for your hurt. But rather, return it with good and put blessings on them even if they've hurt you. Give 10% of your income as a tithe. Jesus actually, I think, promotes a little more than that. Give to Caesar what is Caesar, Jesus says, and give to God the things that are God's. Isn't everything God's? Isn't all of our income God's? 
you know, I have an uncle who actually got angry with the church and angry with God because his son, my cousin, grew so close to Jesus that he gave beyond his tithe. And my uncle was angry for Jesus stealing money out of his son's bank account. This is hard stuff to follow Jesus. Pray without ceasing, it says. Pray without ceasing. Continue to pray. Deal with your anger. Don't put it off. Don't go to bed angry. Don't let the sun go down the anger, but deal with it. And then, of course, all the morality stuff. You know, honesty, integrity, truth-telling, being faithful, no cutting corners, being up front and out there. Blessed are the peacemakers, Jesus says. Be peacemakers. Do you know how hard it is to be a peacemaker? First of all, it starts with you've got to listen to folks. You've got to pay attention and respond with compassion and empathy. Be the salt and light of the world. Do good works that others may see those good works and give glory to God who is in heaven. Take those actions that bear good fruit. This teaching is way too hard. Way too hard. Can't be done. Can't be done. And you know what? You're right. It can't be done. It can't be done. But the good news is that Jesus is so much more than a teacher. So much more than a teacher with a list of teachings that you have to check off and master and, and accomplish and pass the test. If we just try hard to do all the Christian teachings that Jesus taught, and even if we accomplish it, guess what? It's still on us. We do it. It's on us. We rely on ourselves. It's a very self-focused way of looking at our faith. Just do all of the Christian teachings, get them all done, and, and then it's, well, I did it. Rather, Jesus says it like this, I am the bread of life. I am the living water. It's not the teaching that gives life. It's not mastering a skill of Jesus' teaching that gives life, but it's the relationship with Jesus that gives the life. And so Jesus invites us to partake in the relationship, to partake around the table, to partake in the relationship, to come together in that bound-up relationship of coming together. One of the, maybe the, and we have no image really for the depth of this. The closest we can come is maybe that covenant that we share in the marriage bond to partake in the relationship. And we have that little phrase, you know, happy wife, happy life, just do whatever they say and everything goes well, right? No, no. You share in partaking in a relationship. The scripture says the two become one flesh, this literal binding together. And coming together, that, that binding word that Jesus uses, that binding word that's used about relationships, that binding word of coming to Jesus, same word as the, in the body. It's a ligament. It's a ligament. We're, we're ligamented together. Is ligamented a word? You know, we're ligamented together, and we're bound together, and we're brought together. It's this binding that's connected to the body, like we're connected to a spouse, like we're connected to a church community, like we're connected to the body of Christ, like we're connected to Jesus, the very Son of God. The Christian faith is not about doing all the things that Jesus taught. It's too hard, but it's about a relationship. It's about a body that's ligamented together, bound together. And this is the life. This is the life, the, the true life of being bound with Jesus. A relationship that causes us to live in such a way that we become more and more like Jesus. Attached to the body. Feeding on the body of Christ. Nourished by the holy, a body held together. The Christian faith is more than teaching. And good news is that Jesus is so much more than what he taught. Jesus offers us this relationship. And yes, it will be hard. Joining to the body of Christ is inconvenient. 
faith in our world has been discredited over and over again as people say, oh, that can't be right, that can't be true, there's no way. Following Jesus is confusing. It's counter the culture. It's upstream. It's work. And so many leave. But here's the good news. If you have left following Jesus, there's always an open door and a loving heart of Christ that welcomes you in. The big love of Jesus, the everlasting love of Jesus, the overwhelming love of Jesus is that there is, there is never a so bad that you can't come back and there is never a so far that there's not a journey in return. St. Augustine, one of the fathers of the church, said it like this. He said, believe that you may understand. Too often what we want is we want just a, a set of teachings. We want just a, a list of beliefs and what this stands for and just teach us these things and we'll check off the list and we'll, we'll see if we understand all those things and if we can understand all those things, then we can make an educated decision on whether we're going to buy in to this Christian thing or walk away and leave it because, you know, it's just too hard. But Augustine says, believe that you may understand. Faith is believing the journey will bring us to a more clear understanding. Believing and faith is trusting that God will bring us to that place of awareness of even more. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, talks about it as going on to perfection. Believing and acting in faith, trusting that the epiphany of understanding is out there and it will come and it can be achieved and we'll get there. But the faith and the believing and the work that is what we start to do now. But we still have to ask that question that Jesus turned to his disciples and to Peter and asked. You going to follow? And why? Why do this faith thing? It's hard. There are lots of arguments out there by philosophers who want to discredit it. The culture pushes back against it, particularly here in USA, America, with a capitalism that's driven by greed. So the culture pushes back against it. It's inconvenient. It's hard work. It's confusing. It seems very counter USA, America. Why? Why? Why are we going to do this thing? Listen to Peter. Where else are you going to find life? Where else are you going to find true, everlasting life? Where else are you going to find abundant, purposeful, everlasting life? This is what I can tell you. I was a broken shell of a human being until I truly felt the ever-present love of Jesus Christ entering my heart and my soul. I was a, a wandering, confused person, and many days still am, until Jesus gave me purpose and filled me with life. you've left following Jesus, there's never so bad that it can't be healed by forgiveness. There's never so far away that there's not a journey back led by the Spirit. This is a big, big, big love of God. And it offers us everlasting life. You want to leave? Where else is there to go? Nowhere else has true, abundant, everlasting, eternal life. Only Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Most gracious God. 
too often we have tried to shrink our Christian faith just down to moral teaching, doing good and being nice. Lord, forgive us for just trying to do it on our own and fulfill the uh, checklist labeled Christian stuff. Forgive us, Lord. Lord, we also pray that, that you meet us in our wanderings. Lord, we've, we've left and we've wandered away sometimes, and yet you, you keep looking and you keep searching and you keep coming after us by the power of your Spirit. Lord, for some, we're praying that you find us today and that we partake of that holy food that nourishes and brings everlasting life. Oh, Lord, awaken us to the everlasting life of, of believing and faith that carries us to a journey of understanding you more clearly and growing closer to Christ and becoming more and more in your image as you've created us to be. Amen. Amen. Let's uh, respond to God with prayer and praise and song, and let's stand and bring ourselves to God. Let's praise together.
respond also through giving this day. Um, I spoke earlier about uh, sharing a special over and above offering for, uh, for Haiti. So if you have a gift for that, make sure you mark it Haiti. Um, but you can go online. Uh, you can drop it here in the boxes at the, uh, or baskets at the church and do your giving in that way. Go now with the blessing and the assurance that Jesus Christ has come to offer you the bread of life the bread of everlasting, eternal life, to fill your life with purpose and love and power. Go now, growing into a deeper relationship with the Holy One. Amen and amen. Holy